And welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, mah.uk.com for medical accountancy needs and also to lifelinehealthcaregroup.co.uk for the best locum rates. Hello and welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Uh, I am Thrushigan Wardner. I am a cardiology registrar, sub-specialising in intervention. And um, as you may remember from last week's episode, oh, this sounds like a kind of hark back, like to be continued type thing. But essentially, we, uh, Imran is uh, he's observing Ramadan. So for the next kind of month, well, month, so the next two other episodes, you'll get different, different hosts. Oh. And so this week, I have the delight in introducing a good friend, um, he's also a radiologist, so I figured we'd go, we'd go like for like, we wouldn't mix it up too much. But actually, they are different people. So uh, this is a good friend. He has, uh, oh my gosh, now I've got to actually introduce you with kind of facts that are kind of important about you. Or, you know, like where you have to explain a person in like a sentence. So Nav Sharma, he went to medical school with me and Imran, and uh, is now a consultant radiologist. He also runs the radiologist page on Twitter and on Instagram. I think you're quite, you're quite a bit of a big deal on Instagram, but that's not how we know him. We know him from, oh, actually, I shouldn't probably say all that stuff. But anyway, I know you from medical school and stuff. Stuff happened at medical school, right? Uh, do you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say how long you could talk without me saying anything. Could we last? Could we go a whole hour? I'm swaying there. Introducing I'm... me. You just oh, could keep on introducing oh, and introducing. And I just wouldn't have to say anything and would finish the podcast and we'd all go home. <laughs> I'm swaying, man. Yes. I'm swaying. Did I do okay? Was that all right? You did great. You did Thanks. great, my friend. Um, yes, my name is Nav Sharma. I'm not Imran Laska. I'm an imposter. We aren't the same people. Although right. I would say, after listening to the podcast, there's a lot of things with Imran I agree with, to be yeah. fair. God. Um, I will just bring up the text you sent me when um, you asked me to do this a yeah. few months ago. You did say, will you be up for recording? Can you let me know? Just if you can't, I will have to find another generic radiologist. So <laughs> I am, I'm happy that's how you see me. I'm just yeah, another, another generic radiologist because yeah. we are all the same. You're the same, yeah. I mean, in that dark room, it's just... I mean, you don't have the camera on now, so you could. I could just close my eyes. And, well, I don't need to close my eyes. But I could just pretend you're Imran, I guess. I'm not as smooth. I'm not as smooth. It's, it's got to be a bit more rough and ready. There's no do segues. You, you've got a TikTok as well, haven't you? I've got, do, yeah. I do a little TikTok. Little, but I, I don't do, like, proper TikTok TikToks. I do yeah. educational TikToks. Yeah, I've noticed. But you do a voiceover, which is quite interesting. Like, it's I nice to hear voice your voiceover like. now. <laughs> but, you get, but you get Americans, like, messaging saying... Oh, is that how you sound like? like <laughs> yeah, it's a normal voice, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, okay. No, apparently not. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Oh, we say this every week, but there's always stuff. There's always just stuff going yeah, on. There is, there is, there is a and lot. I, I was surprised by how much there was and thinking we're not going to get through all of this. It's, it's true. I thought I'd kind of start you in gently, just kind of break you in, okay. just so gently, you know? Um, and, nice voice, <laughs> okay. and so I thought I'd go with a Junior Doctors UK thread. So um, just to kind of point out to people the, the title of the thread, it goes, yesterday I overheard a PA in ED, so PA is Physician's Associate, the emergency department, ED, lie to radiology and say that they were an SHO to get a scan vetted. 
And maybe just to qualify the kind of the blurb. So I'm working in ED at the moment. PAs in my hospital are not allowed to order any scans with ionizing radiation. I think there was actually like a, a I think there's a tweet saying that that's changed. I think that, that might, might have changed now. But anyway, we, uh, we also use a private radiology service out of hospital uh, that usually asks for a scan to be discussed with a reg. Um, and occasionally an SHO. So yesterday I saw an EDPA request a legitimate CT scan using someone else's login. They then called radio the radiology service uh, first saying that they were a junior before doubling down and saying they're an SHO. The PAs are generally quite good in my hospital, but I find it concerning that one would mislead people. Realistically, it was a scan that needed to be done. And if the PA hadn't done it, some other doctor would have had to request it. What would you do? I think it's obviously wrong, isn't it? I just wouldn't be... An person with any integrity if i said yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. well done so, mate lie <laughs> lie get your scan it's the, so, no you can't so, you can't do that i mean i can understand why they've done it they want to do the best thing for their patient they want to get yeah. the scan through but it's just it's wrong it's 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 just not the way to do it i mean then where do you draw the line how much do you lie about yeah i mean we know we know as radiologists you are exaggerating stories you are you know we really? know that to get okay the, Oh, did, did you not know that? Well, so I mean, like when I tell you, you the G- like I know the GFRs. <laughs> <laughs> the GFR, the secret to life, isn't it? No, I mean, it's obviously, it obviously happens. It obviously happens. But I mean, to, to out, outwardly lie, I mean, look, like as a consultant, I would say the thing I always worried about when I became a consultant was all the clinical stuff. So I worried, you know, I'm not going to know enough about some random disease and I'm going to get asked about it on my first day and I'm not going to know and everything's going to fall apart. The yeah. clinical stuff's actually not the hard part of being a consultant at all. I would say it's it's as little as about 10 to 20% of it. Like the rest of it is actually the life skills they don't really teach you in med school. And there's just so many examples of people not really behaving well as a <laughs> consultant. And you see it's you know, it's you see it all the time, and then you just think that's the way you have to be, and people replicate those behaviors. Mm. Whereas actually, there's just a few ground rules. It's just, you know, be be nice to people, act with integrity, and don't be a dick. Basically, yeah, if you can do those three things, you well, I mean, will be better than most consultants. Yeah, sure. How's not being a dick kind of different to being nice, though? I mean, like, one in three, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably, you can you probably can now be, You can be, um, well, you can be neutral, can't you? You can be right. not nice and... Uh, <laughs> Okay. Not a dick. I mean, this is now a different conversation about <laughs> nice versus dick, yeah. which isn't really uh, interesting. Uh, a, yes. uh, a conversation we want to get into. So, so um, okay, just to bring you I mean, back what's, to this. What's your take on it? Well, in this specific scenario, though, say if I saw someone on the telephone and they said those words and they're just lying, I'm not sure I'd have the guts to like put my finger on the receiver and be like, Beep, and just hang up for them and be like, mate. Or after they put the phone down, be like, yeah, mate, what are, you, what are you doing? You're not, you're not, what? Why did, why did you do that? I mean... Well, I think the I, second one, the first one is quite dramatic, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, too put the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up on them. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, that's getting a little bit Holby City. Fair enough. But I mean, so what the, would you the do? second one, the second, yeah, the second one, one you can do, can't you? Like, what was that? <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> what if they said, Is that what, what? you do? What if they pretended not to know? I, I know I'm kind of stretching this a bit now, 
I mean, what if they You're turning that... this into a medical drama. Are you <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah, are you trying to make this podcast into a new medical drama? I think so, because we need to branch out, frankly. And so I think Orby City's yeah. ending. So this this could be something. I could be like a, I could, could get my own show. Be. Like Jed Mercurio. I could write the next line of duty. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be wicked. I'd be, it'd have superheroes and people have superpowers. It'd be awesome. People watch that, I don't know. It'd be too dramatic, I guess. I guess I'm, I'm all about the drama. But it's just, yeah, it's awkward, isn't it? But I just kind of wonder that realistically, though, I mean, yeah, you kind of, you you gave the good talk about integrity and stuff. But really, though, really, would you actually <laughs> be like, mate, seriously, what are you thinking? Would you do that? It depends on your relationship with them, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah I mean, it, yeah, I, I, pro- I don't know. I think yeah, I think I'm different now to what I was when I was an SHO, etc. Right. I think yeah. back then, no way. I wouldn't have done anything. I probably wouldn't have thought anything. Now, I think when you've been around the block a little bit, you, you start to say stuff. You've got some hairs in your chest. Good. You do. There's what- there's one, there's one comment that I thought was quite good, which is, if they're comfortable lying about this, what else are they lying about? This needs addressing. That's completely that's, it. That's, yeah. that's completely it. That's and completely like, it. It's where do you draw the line? What, what else are they going to do to get what they want? Yeah. So they go, they go on to say, um, best discussed quietly with a senior consultant in the department, in my opinion. I would be furious if I took a referral and this had been the case. And this is reply by no underscore turkey underscore Jeremy. But there is another I reply mean- which which was good, which says, take them aside and politely inform them that the correct term is central doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a bit of a nice sentence. Very apt, very apt. Yeah. Shall we talk about that? Shall we move on? Yes, we shall. Um, So central doctor. So this references a document. Have you read it? Isn't it like a million pages long? I looked at it today after you brought it up yesterday. And, right. uh, you did your homework. Yeah, it, it's it's a long document, isn't it? It's over yeah. 50 pages. Mate, how many appendixes are there? So there's Appendix 7 that I've seen. But, I mean, um, so the new term, central doctors, is to exactly replace SHO, and that's from this document. Essentially, it's after, like, lots of consultations about rebranding the term junior doctors. To me, though, the whole thing, the fact that we're kind of the name for doctors is kind of being fussed about just sums up how little power we have. And that the only thing that we can kind of concentrate on or adjust is what we're called, even though we're like, <laughs> everything else is awesome. But, you know, we could be called a different name. So I don't know. It just seems so bizarre to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, as I said, as I said to you before, I mean, we were talking about this and I'm, I'm a bit, there's two things I think about is number one is look there's loads of stuff wrong so trying to correct things bit by bit isn't a bad idea however I don't think this needed a full paid review (laughs) and an over 50 page document to work out what the names of doctors should be I mean the irony is is the old system was probably the best wasn't it I mean Mm. you understood where you're at with house officer SHO reg consultant you're gonna get new names like I don't know CT1 whatever and you just explain that means SHO and I think that's fine I think that the problem came from people didn't like the term junior doctors did they after that whole junior doctor contract thing because it was such a wide spectrum like junior doctors could mean anything yeah but what comes clear is that when there's an apocalypse from the nuclear war and from climate change all that will be left are cockroaches and the words SHO because (laughs) and radiologists they'll be in a bunker somewhere won't they (laughs) we will keep safe we will keep safe forever you'll still just just be working on that backlog of x-rays and see (laughs) (laughs) Um, on those cockroach guys but the (laughs) what made me laugh was the words they had 
to say these are the words we are considering for doctors. Did you, did you read the list? No. What else is there? So some of the words are absolutely crazy. I mean, in there was virtuoso. Wow! So did did they actually that. consider virtuoso doctors? Who brought that up? Yeah, can That's you believe that virtuoso doctor? Yeah, I mean, it's indeed. it's mad, isn't it? I mean, when you put it that way, Central Doctor quite, doesn't sound quite so bad. At least they've kind of brought it back in. But it just kind of makes you think, like, how does that... What is even, like, the thinking behind that? They're central to the team. Like, it's just so, like, weird. But, yeah, you're right. I think the originals, the oldies are the goodies. Um, the originals think, are the best, aren't they? But it's interesting because I saw a, co- a colleague kind of mentioned the other day about how um, someone made a GP appointment and they were just complaining about to their GP that um, they'd had a clinic appointment um, and they'd seen the registrar, not the consultant. And there was this kind of snobbery, not snobbery, but this kind of thing like, oh, I saw the, I saw the registrar. Like, that re- like I've been a reg for ages. I've been a reg for like 10 years. And yeah. so, I mean, like a fair bit of experience. Like what, what is it that exactly that they're wanting? They need that consultant name to feel like they've got like the pinnacle. Like, I don't, and it's just... Um, I don't think names are going to change that, though, are they? No, exactly. Exactly. The damning thing was, like, even within the review, there was criticism of the review. I don't know if you saw this bit, but there was a comment in there that said, this is some of the feedback we've got. I'm shocked HEE are spending taxpayers' money commissioning a review survey in someone's time to investigate this issue at such a critical time for the... For the NHS, hmm. basically saying this is a complete waste of time. So they're literally getting the feedback as they're doing it, and, and still pursuing <laughs> doing this thing. I say yeah. we're going to write another ten pages. Isn't that that's that's just like the NHS to a T, though, isn't it? Like everyone saying, "No, no, this is terrible. This is not going to work." And everyone, and then just the powers that be being like, "Yeah, but we're doing it anyway." That's that's what we're doing. <laughs> like, we're rebuilding this hospital. There's not going to be a mess, and the theatres are going to be in the other side. To, like you know, this and that. They're just getting it all wrong, and people are like, "But this is not going to work." And they're like, "Yeah, but that's what we're doing." So, um, <laughs> just kind of sums it up. I think kind of name. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Yes, they've got to tackle one thing at a time. But I kind of feel like the names thing in the list of priorities. But I guess if there is one thing they can affect change. But as you said, I just. Um, it's going to get changed again, isn't it? Probably like there'll be another really expensive do. document like 10 years down the line where we're doing all this stuff again. And Virtuoso might come up. Maybe there'll be Virtuoso doctors in 10 years' time. Maybe I'll catch on. So, so like uh, segueing on to another topic about uh, names for doctors. So there's a tweet from um, um, at Mrs. Gunnison. And um, this is where she was reviewing notes as a part of a quip, a quality improvement project, and documented by a nurse who called the orthopedic SHO about an ortho patient's fast AF. Author SHO says they're not a medical doctor. Now, this might not, is this enraging to you? I found it enraging. Yeah. I think it's more, it's more down your, uh, My your street, line of, of rage. Yeah, so I, I think you, I think I you should express your views on this because yeah because I, know, I can see your rage in your eyes right now i am i am because they're, they're essentially refusing to see the patient and they're asking them they're like this is not my problem and there's some nice kind of replies to the tweet saying is this like the f2 who's like an f1 like five minutes ago and suddenly become a mister because you can almost hear the arrogance in that comment can you imagine if a medical doctor did it the other way around where someone had like fallen yeah. and like hurt their le- fallen out of their bed or whatever and sometimes that happens right like you know fracture their hip um, and you're just like, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, oh, someone's fallen out of the bed. I'm not going to see the patient. No, so that was like an orthopedic problem. Like, who does that? The sheer 
arrogance of it. Yes, it is. It is wrong, isn't it? It is wrong. I mean, the, there's two things here. Number one is they're probably not qualified to see the patient and sort it out. So they do probably need someone else to see it. But that person needs to at least do the initial review and call someone who knows what they're doing, don't they? Rather than just say no. Yeah. That's the true that's the true of most things, isn't it? It's outside your specialty. You still see you still try and see the patient, right? I guess. Like I don't know. I, from my days, I mean before radiology I, I was a medic, so I, I will always side with the medical type of, course. of thing. Yeah. And I will have yeah. that bias. We're the good guys. But, but we felt obviously that we got dumped on. I say we, like I'm not The Royal We <laughs> but medics did get dumped on completely and yeah. uh yeah it's part of the game isn't it yeah, it's true i mean so just kind of speaking of ways of the medics perhaps try and lighten the mood so there's a, a tweet from mehul i mean we have to kind of quote him in every single episode just to, to say now this tweet was from april the 11th and this is one where mehul was saying apparently telling the sho a patient has a cheeky bit of the nooms is not a useful handover I, I'd find this kind of entertaining uh, in the Hanover because I, I used to find them really depressed. You know, when you come on, especially that first night, mm. you come on. And I used, I used mm. to find that I'd have a bit of a existential crisis kind of walking in. I'd just be like, I, everything would feel kind of unreal because, you know, you probably would, you'd have had the day off, which would kind of feel strange. And you're kind of gearing up towards that first night shift. And you're like, oh, God, you know, what's going to be like? Who am I going to be on with? You know, what's that first night going to be like? And, and handovers, I'd kind of, I don't know. I just find that if there if there were a bit kind of bantery, I think I think they were just a bit more fun rather than this kind of drawling through a list of chase this truck for this person, chase this CT for this person, chase this, chase that, whatever. So it sounds kind of funny, but I imagine there's some people who probably don't like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, no, I, it's not. I mean, if you, it's not professional. It's, oh, it's the first thing to say. Oh, however, God. however, I'm Bring not. Bring run back, like, prison run. Prison no, run. no, but I'm, I'm the kind of person who would like that. I know it's not for every, It depends who you're saying it to. You can't say that to everyone. Like yeah. you've got to sort of gauge who you're talking to. Right. But I completely agree that I mean, medical nights are the reason I left medicine because they were absolutely terrible. I just I couldn't stand it. I mean, I, I told you the story mm. of why I ended up in radiology. And it was because of a medical night on, it was on my bloody birthday as well. And it was just, it was the worst night with like crash call after crash call, patients fitting. And yeah, it was disgusting. Like there was one patient I remember seeing or bleat about chest pain, but I was in the middle of about five other emergencies. So I literally ran in, looked at the ECG and was like, are you okay? It was like, yeah, there's no ST elevation of mine. Chucked it in his face and just ran out of it. <laughs> And like it, it was it was terrible. And then Mate, by the, I literally after the night shift finished, I had to go back to that ward, go and apologise to the patient. Yeah, and he was and damn he, right. To be honest, he was he was. You should be apologising to me too. This is that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, at the end of the night, I remember that the reg was this this Indian guy, really nice guy. But he just looked at me and he was like, "You're not going to do medicine, are you?" And <laughs> the look on my face. I can't believe you're doing just, the accent as well. Is this no, allowed? Because... Doing this to me. <laughs> it might not be allowed. You might have to cut this bit out. <laughs> but he looked at me and he's just said, you should do radiology. 
a light bulb went off in my head and yeah. I looked into it and here I am. Yeah, wow. Well, the man that you are. So, so I mean, you look, should, anything... You should thank him. Have you ever met him since then? No, I've probably never seen him again, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, it probably all stemmed from that. And But I yeah. can completely understand anything. That handover was the most depressing thing before a night shift. So anything that lightens the mood, I am a big fan of. So yes, I am pro the cheeky bit. Oh, of you've come around to it. Fair enough. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my whole point it. was... My whole point was that you, it, it's technically not professional. You know, it's, it's there to lighten the mood, which yeah. I think is well needed. Yeah. The professional stuff's kind of boring though, isn't it? I guess. It's being boring. It is a little bit. Okay. Well, okay. Let's move on to things that perhaps also is a little bit kind of above its station. There was a tweet. I mean, um, anesthesia didn't really fill itself. It didn't kind of cover itself in glory last week. And unfortunately, they were still at it again when I started to curate our list of pithy little topics for this week. <laughs> Although it was a little while ago. So to be fair to them, it was probably still in last week that they were still kicking off. But I feel like it's worth a mention. So there was a, a tweet from the anesthesiologist and it goes, what's the favourite quote you like? And they're basically talking about themselves. And the options are... But it doesn't make sense because what's the favourite quote? You, these aren't quotes. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. I think he means like None names for sense. yourself, like names for themselves. That's what essentially... They want to call themselves either A, God of Airway, B, God of Veins. That sounds weird. C, God of Life. And then they put in brackets, recess in case. And I'm like, debatable, uh, A&E. They're the Lords of Recess. D, God of Pain. <laughs> that sounds wrong. E, God of Sound. That doesn't even make any sense. And then they're written... They're not God pocus. of Sound. They are not God of Sound. Because they're, they're writing poker. So basically, no. As a radiologist, no anaesthetics. Yeah. And uh, Stay in your lane. Yes. <laughs> and I, yes, and I've seen those echoes, mate. Uh, so what is... But they're all gods of. Uh, I think is the thing that I was a bit like, oh, this is going in there. Because that seemed a bit, a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously I mean, it's tongue in It is tongue-in-cheek. Tongue he's, he's, he's having a laugh. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how far to go. There's, I could very much engage in a lot of anaesthetic bashing right now, to be honest. But I won't because you know I've got family and friends who are anaesthetists, and uh, I think I've got family and I worry about their safety. (laughs) (laughs) When you've got the god of life coming after them, of course I do. (laughs) God of life is a very scary god. I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I. I wanted to reply with, have you read that book by um, Arudati Roy called God of Small Things? I thought that'd be, I was trying to think of like a joke and then I was like, actually, did anyone read that book? It's quite an old book. I don't know. It's too intelligent for me, mate. (laughs) No. I thought I'd reply with it and I was like, I'll save it for the podcast. So I put it in there. If anyone's read the book, I don't think it's actually that rare. I think it must have won a prize. And that was the only, I mean, it's not. Okay. If anyone's read that, can you like tweet me so I don't feel completely... (laughs) (laughs) um anyway so um moving on um so there are some other threads i mean the other specialty that also perhaps didn't do so well last week but i'm I'm afraid we're gonna cover again are gps and this particular one i found a bit upsetting because it reminded me of a similar experience i had it's a kind of reply to shan hussein who we love and we've had on so he said cardiology arranges outpatient echo shadow detected on liver cardiology request GP arrange ultrasound to evaluate further. GP ultrasound request rejected. We'll never fix the NHS if we don't stamp out this kind of nonsense. And that's happened to me. I mean, uh, generally speaking, actually, if I mean, I wouldn't have done the echo. The echo will have been requested by me. And then that generally would do the ultrasound request just to save time. But I did have um, a case 
ages ago now, where I saw a patient who'd been referred, I think with symptoms of breathlessness or something, but he mentioned that for like, for ages, he'd um, had, I think, symptoms of Parkinsonism, like um, tremor, bradykinesia, <laughs> increased tone. I've still got it. MRCP wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and I thought, ooh. Um, and I remember like going and asking my boss, like, oh, should I refer him to neurology? He's like, no, you refer to, you know, ask your GP to follow up. So that's what I did. And then the GP sent this really angry letter to the to, to my consultant saying, you need to instruct your registrar. And it was just like, really like, it was just really mean. But I guess like, yeah, he was like, and then the consultant was like, I know that I told you to do this, but they're under lots of pressure. So I'm just not going, I'm just going to respond saying I've spoken to you. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. In a way he's oh. right. I mean, look, I, I will declare before I say anything that my wife's a GP. So I, <gasps> I, I stand with GPs. I stand okay. with GPs. Like, I, you, they, you've they got conflict of interest, rap. actually. You should have declared that at the beginning of the podcast. I'm declaring it now, mate. I'm declaring it now. I didn't have to say that. But anyway, GPs get a really hard... Like, I think they get a lot of criticism from radiology in particular. I see a lot of radiologists criticising GPs, like a lot. And I don't think they fully understand what a GP job is. I mean, look, yeah, there was no need for that GP to send you that letter. I think that was wrong. But I think the actions of that individual shouldn't make you cast everyone in the same light. No, I don't hate all GPs. Um, some but of I my think best it's, it's the GPs. same for um, yeah, true. But I think it's the same for like GP and to, to me A and E. I think these are two specialties I, I'm very reluctant to criticise because I think yeah. they've got two of the hardest jobs because they're they're seeing everything and anything, and there's yeah. not many specialties that do that. Like most of us stick within our comfort zone. Like even within radiology, like we'll have a specialist thing that we yeah. mainly do. Hmm. Whereas these guys are just seeing everything left, right, centre, and obviously the whole media thing with the GPs in the last few months has just yeah, been that's terrible. bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's been really right, like they need they need our support, but obviously they don't help themselves if they're just getting out letters criticizing Therusha Good Warden. <laughs> yeah, specifically me. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> that's the problem. That is the if main could, problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If they could just they be, could have criticized if, someone else, we wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't have. I wouldn't have anything to talk about, though. I guess to be fair. So, in summary, I guess we should lay off them because it is pretty it is pretty tough, isn't it? And so we should. I think give them a break right now. I I do see like how hard they work at the moment and it's yeah. uh, i'm not saying we don't work hard but okay um, <laughs> okay you're basically saying your wife's <laughs> going to listen to this perhaps um, so... <laughs> i need to not be in trouble yeah fair enough fair enough okay well let's move on to something a bit more so like imran he did make some so i he kind of listening to the last week's podcast he kind of was thinking to himself like oh you know missing out and stuff and we do miss him and he kind of said to me oh, like, maybe I'll, like, drop in. And uh, I messaged him beforehand, being like, oh, you know, we're going to start recording uh, at this time. Like, if you want to drop in, he's like, mate, I'm already falling asleep. But he had linked in some interesting tweets that he'd come across through the week. And one of them was really good. It was a tweet from Emily Murnane. So at Emily underscore M-U-R-N-A-N-E. And it was on the 4th of March. The The title of the tweet is A Few Really Excellent Arguments for Gender Neutral Bathrooms. So they had like examples of different uh, different bathrooms. So here's one gent's toilet that says do epic shit underneath the gent sign. And ladies, it says smile, you're losing weight. Oh my gosh, there's a lot there's a lot to deal with with that it's particular. problematic, isn't it? Yes, and then the next one, uh, balls for men and no balls for women. That's problematic too. And then, um, oh, I don't even get this one. One's like a taco and one's a burrito. 
That's a bit weird. That's weird, isn't it? That's like, you know, like when yeah, you're, desperate, you're desperate for a whiz and you're like, oh, which one? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Pick one, quick. Those are the worst toilet signs, aren't they, when you don't know which one it yeah, is? Yeah, but you come across them, don't you? And then the other one, the last one, is the men's toilet is blah, like a single, single blah, and the, the women's one is blah, 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 all over it. And I guess the implication is that women talk more. I just think it's just also kind of just... Ugh coded in sexism isn't it it's just awful it is i mean the the stuff with this the stuff with this is i mean there's a lot of this stuff about isn't there on twitter and obviously it's it's always gonna be there um i just gonna be there what it it is always gonna be there what with the cockroaches and the radiologists after the nuclear war (laughs) (laughs) and the misogyny will always be there no but in general people are not always going to agree and there's going to be people with with views different from our own and in general, society is becoming more tolerant over the years. And you've just got to think in the future, how is how is the future going to look back on this stuff? And yeah. I don't think it's going to look well on it. Yeah, absolutely. What side of it do you want to be on? Absolutely. Yeah, so definitely. But part of the reason why the future is going to be better is because people are challenging shit now, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Although I don't... It's, it's that question, isn't it, of how do you actually challenge this stuff? I think what and, you... D- I know the answer to this, Daph. Don't you've you've got, I've okay. got. So basically, what you do is you refuse to use either toilet, and then you do whatever you need to do just outside the door <laughs> of the toilet. <laughs> you need On to the do, taco, yeah. and then it'll change. It'll, something will have to change. You might get chucked out, but <laughs> it's a dirty protest. My my kids do it all the time. Like you could do that. Yeah, fair enough. Miss miss the toilet. That's, well, actually, let's let's go on. There's a kids related related uh, tweet. There's a tweet from Brittany K. Bankhead, MD. And um, she was saying, oh, well, the tweet is from, when is it from? It's from the 9th of April. It says, raise your hand if your kids ever had to hang out at the hospital for a while because the nanny no-showed. Is there anything more stressful? P.S. Yes, my four-year-old is wearing PJs and no shoes and there's no shame in in either of our game for that. And there are lots of replies which are pretty much along the same thing. So uh, there's a a cardiologist from the States who said six years ago, power out in daycare, hubby away for work, tough case on the schedule, brought two, two-year-old to the cath lab with a bag of toys and diapers, and the incredible director and admin smiled and said, we got this. Find a place to work that makes you feel like I did when I needed help. Kids, eh? Yeah, I mean, I think with this is, I would say from my own experience, I don't think I ever really understood during my training how hard it is to have kids and a career and to do that kind of thing. And I've got so much respect for people who have kids during their training before they become consultants can do exams. Like the exams are hard enough. And then if you're throwing kids on top of that, drop-offs, looking after them, putting them to bed, and then you've got to revise for exams and stuff. I don't like literally how, how did you do it? Like what, what did you do? I mean, ongoing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So I remember there's times I mean, it's less bad. I remember with Lil's, she slept really badly. Erin slept slightly better, but still badly. Um, and I remember the times I'd be driving to work and literally the running commentary in my head is, I am so tired. I am so tired right now. I was, and it would just be yeah. a repeat, like, I am so tired. Yeah. And I just remember just walking around with like a cloud over my head. I mean, there are obviously like awesome things about it, but I know what to say, mate, because I don't feel like I've got like a good good answer for it. Because I guess having having kids later on in life you're kind of like older though right and so then there's the whole kind of biological aspect of just dealing yeah. with like sleep deprivation it's, and things. it's it's not it's not easy when you're a consultant either because yeah. you, you need you need your sleep for doing stuff the next day it's, it's hard i mean and, and like when yeah. yeah and when stuff goes wrong and like you've got to 
you've got to leave work to do stuff. I mean, it's it's now a little bit easier in radiology because most places will have the function for home reporting. So it's not yeah. everything, but you can do something from home. But even then, like, how do you report at home when you've got a three-year-old you've got to look yeah. after? And, like, if you don't concentrate for 10 seconds and miss something, then you've ruined someone's life and yeah. probably your own because you've made a massive mistake. So it's, it, it's difficult, is all I can mm. say. And I probably... It's bad of me, like I should have, but I didn't probably fully grasp that during my training when I was watching others do it. And I probably, I do now reflect on that and sort of feel bad. It's it's not like I did anything bad to them, but just in my head, I probably didn't think, poor them. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's just, I think when people, when you're about to have children, people are like, oh, generally speaking, oh, like, it's amazing. And what a wonderful time. And they're all really congratulatory. And then the kid's born. And like, they were like, it's over. You're not going to get to go out. <laughs> you're like, what? Um. I know. It's, it's bad, isn't it? Like, you get so, like, as a parent, you get so much joy in yeah. telling other people your life is done. <laughs> like, you are finished. Yeah. That's it for it's you. True. It's true. I do feel like I should add, because like last week I was, I said the story about when I tried to date Lil's to school and she cried today. So um, I'm going to be on call over the weekend. Uh, so the long days. And because um, my commute to work is about an hour, I'll pretty much leave when she's asleep. And then I'll, I'll come home when she's asleep. And so I said to her tonight, like I read a, a long story. That's why I recorded a bit late. So I did. But um, I said to her when I read the story, like, oh, um, I read you a bit more. Um, because I'm probably not going to see that much of you over the weekend. And she's going to see her nana and Ganda tomorrow for an Easter. I can't do. Um, so I was like, have a good time tomorrow. Obviously, when you're asleep, I'll come and give you a kiss. But, um, you know, I guess I'll kind of see you when I see you. And she cried. She's like, oh, I'll miss you so much. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So there you go. Like, it's not all down. That was quite nice. I was a bit, but then to a point where I was a bit like, I'll miss you too. And she was just probably like, like crying. <laughs> and um, so there you go. Uh no, I mean, I, I, I did feel really sad when you said that on the podcast the other week. And I, I sort of do relate to it because obviously when you're really busy at work and your little one just gets to gets used to a certain yeah. routine, they don't like it when that routine goes the other way. So I, I did completely relate to it. Mm. But I'm glad that you've pulled it. You've pulled it back. Pull it out. Yeah. For, for today anyway. I mean, it'll be different. Like, it'll be different when I see her again. She'll probably be annoying. It's just, that's just the way it is. But I've got to take the wins when I can. So um, moving on, though, there was a really good tweet from Roshana that I retweeted because the res- some of the responses were awesome. But I totally I agreed with this just before I start talking about it without actually saying what it is. I've done that before. So Roshana Midian Staffel, um, she tweeted on the 13th of April at 10.54 a.m. And she said, I wish I could recommend medicine to school leavers, but I'm a realist. And with the state of this country, with the levels of student debt, people are left with, with real-term pay cuts and constant vilification by politicians and sometimes the law, I cannot. It's a brilliant job. The actual clinical work is challenging and satisfying, but it's all a balance against the demands of real life and living, and it's currently tipped against it, in my opinion. And there are lots of respon- uh, responses. I thought I'd kind of pose a question to you. Um, do you would you recommend the career to school leavers? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, know, I think it's... Things are changing, aren't they? I think the the job it was twenty years ago is not the job it is today. I think back then medicine was more of a vocation, wasn't it? It's like I think the doctor had more respect in general within both the hospital itself and within the community. And obviously, I think things changing with politics, with the media, 
I just don't think it's the job it was. Um, and obviously the salary is, is a big thing as well. It's, yeah. it's, the salary isn't what it was 20 years ago because of inflation. And then you look at the way student loans are changing now. Oh, gosh, it, yeah. it, inevitably, <clears throat> medicine's going to be something for the rich and for the privileged eventually that's the way it's going and so yeah. is it something you'd recommend now i don't know i hmm. maybe not what if your little ones i don't know what what are your views i think you're right uh, i think it could have been a vocation back then because people were enumerated with as you say there was the kind of um cultural and societal kind of backing isn't there that you know you had kudos from people f- for doing that and, se- and being seen to kind of serve the community but then there are the other perks that are kind of unspoken like free accommodation particularly when you're a junior um one of my old consultants was talking about how they used to have their meals paid for or at least get them very 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 cheaply and you know things like going on courses and stuff would be paid for by reps or you know it's just and whereas now um on the other side there's way more litigation there's way more exams and yeah. assessments. There's way more. There's way more paperwork. Um, there's way more oversight to a point where, you know, you're having to be much, much more more senior to do to do things that you probably would have been able to do at a much more junior level years ago. And that's from the perspective of kind of maintaining safety. So these things aren't necessarily all bad, but you know they have caused massive changes. And factoring all those things together, it's just it is a different job. It's just interesting though, looking at the kind of responses to the thread. I think some people have said uh, they've got quite interesting takes on it. So some people are talking about medicine as a kind of useful degree in terms of a, a transferable skill. So um, there's a reply from Jason. So at Dr. underscore J- JSA, important to separate out the two different things you're conflating. I will always recommend a medical degree to six formers, solid science degree with communication skills built in. Built in. So, I mean, that's not a vocation at all, isn't it? It's almost like a way of kind of getting, showing that you've got kind of aptitude for different things. You don't have to work for the NHS after doing one. That's the bit I wouldn't recommend. Yeah, um, I mean, we've seen it, haven't we? I mean, there's people that have been in our year that aren't working in the NHS anymore. I remember there was a tweet you talked about a while back where there was that guy who left medicine and he did this long tweet about all the problems in the oh, NHS yeah. and then it it got a bit of criticism, probably disagreed with what was being said at the time. Cause I think he, he got a lot of criticism for that. Mm. And like, I think one of, I remember reading one tweet saying, you know, people should know what they want to do. And, you know, it's going to leave me without an SHO on my walls. I, I just think that's completely unfair. Like, cause you join, you make the decision for medicine essentially when you're 16. And yeah. I don't know about you when you were 16, but I didn't know anything yeah. about life. I made terrible decisions How- at 16. It's like, how can you make that lifelong decision that I'm going to be a consultant when I'm 40, yeah. when you're 16 years old? Like, it's it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you don't know until you're in it. So I don't think that when once people actually get into it and start working, which is really when you really know what it's like, because even as a med student, I don't think you really know what it's like until you're in it mm. and you're working those medical night shifts, etc. I don't think it should be frowned upon. Like if if it's not for people, it's not for people. Now I know that the government will want to push more of us to to go into working for the NHS, and once we've gone through med school. But the reality of it is, if it's not good enough for us to work in, then people are going to leave. Mm. And the answer to the people saying, "Well, I want more SHOs," we'll make the job better. Don't yeah. criticize people for leaving. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, not looking for martyrs, are we? Like, um, I, just, I don't think that's a great way of getting a good uh, workforce by kind of just um, expecting people to just kind of suck it up or whatever, because they're just they're losing yeah. in different ways compared to what our kind of predecessors uh, did. But it's interesting because there's one particular reply um, from a fellow cardiologist um, who kind of he got he got a bit burnt. He got a bit burnt by uh, afterwards, but he goes, Cod's wallet, but definitely a case of horses for courses. And I'm not sure I agreed with that sentiment because he's basically implying that if you're not made for it, that this is a problem with people just not being made for it or whatever. Whereas I think there are people who would be very, very well suited for it, but just simply put, because of the financial burdens that you're kind of exposing yourself to through student loans and things, it's just not viable. Um, anyway, you're just losing out on your best candidates because still the best, most challenging degree there is I don't know how many degrees he's done, though, to really say that. Leads to a... how, how can you know that? How can you know Exactly, that? exactly. Like, what is the sample size that he's applying? Leads to a thoroughly rewarding and expensive career. Okay, fair enough, where you impact so many lives. Consultant, still a job for life, so security, but location not necessarily in your hands. If you go into medicine for money and status, you're a fool, but as a gateway degree into several careers. So he's going down that line. It's like a gateway. It's like, what? <laughs> and then he says, and he goes, I'm living proof of that. And he goes, 20 plus years in the NHS and now in corporate research wouldn't have had it any other way and it just that bit seems to contradict it to me but there you go it felt like he was going down one line at the beginning just, and then he's just completely changed, yeah. completely changed. <laughs> directed by m night Shalaman. yeah it was, what a twist <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> it was bruce willis all along. <laughs> he was yeah <laughs> just mate maybe we're all just ghosts you know Oh, I'm sorry if I ruined that film for you <laughs> I just don't know. i'm sure people have probably seen six Sense by now yeah i hope so if you haven't you should. It's quite. Good. Oh, the, yeah. Do you hear Bruce Willis has got aphasia? Oh up? yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know either. That's quite sad, isn't it? He's like had to. Yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. I don't know how much I have to say on that topic. Yeah, sorry. Other just, than just bad. Like, it just gives an insight into my kind of um, thought patterns. Uh, speaking of which, actually, so there was something equally surreal today. So I saw a tweet from uh, Rohan, so Medlife Crisis, and he tweeted, it was a quote tweet, and it was, so the April the 13th at 10.43 p.m., and he was talking, so he's quote tweeting this thread, which is just so weird. It's basically all these social media doctors. That sounds funny for me to say social media doctors, because I feel like people might talk about me in that way, even though like, I've got a tiny following and whatever, I've got a podcast. But anyway, these guys are kind of from Instagram, which is completely, completely different. And uh, they're talking about the NFT. Oh, God, I forgot what that sounds for. NFT metaverse. Do you know what an NFT Non-fungible is? token. Yeah. God. And so they're basically talking about examining people like virtually and stuff and and they're also like it's just like loads of words it sounds because i'm seeing lots of words and i don't really understand them all in my head i'm like oh is this like a pyramid scheme or like what's going it's really weird did you see this thread and the i did i did i don't yeah i i think the the concept of people selling stuff as medics isn't um isn't new i think it's probably fair game for things we've just talked about for things we just talked about in terms of salaries not being what they were, people need to feel they do other things. I know it's a lot of these guys are from from America, which yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works over there completely. I think the concept of doing sort of telemedicine isn't completely new. So I think that's basically what this is. But it's then you've then got the NFT layer on top of it, which I think there's in general there's just a lot of skepticism about especially on Twitter. Mm. Like 
I don't know. I, I know you're a football fan as well, but they basically even football not anymore. No, 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 to I, introduce... I don't watch football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know, I thought I wouldn't bring that up, but basically, even like you know, I'm I'm a Liverpool fan, and and Liverpool brought out this. They they started doing some NFT stuff, oh, right, and God. it just got a massive backlash. And I think some of the issues with it is um, it's questionable with regards to because it uses blockchain about the environment and that kind of stuff isn't cool. I would oh, say yeah. though, in terms of like the league table of things I find problematic in medicine, I don't think to if if I'm honest, NFTs is high up on there. For me, I think private practice in the UK is a lot more pro- problematic than the NHS in terms of creating toxicity oh. in departments and impacting patient care. So go on. If anything, that's that's the kind of thing that should be spoken up about. And that's the kind of thing people should be brave enough to talk about. NFTs, I don't really care. And I've, I don't think that's impacting any of the patients I see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, don't you think the NFT thing's just kind of a bit boring though, isn't it? Isn't it like how when AI... You know, people like everyone's like, if you look at recent kind of papers, I don't know, from a couple of years ago, everything was like AI did this, AI did that. And if you talked about AI, suddenly it was going to be everywhere. Like people like you'd get published because I think people were just really preoccupied with AI or like when um, Oculus. AI is is going to be massive, though. It is. It is going to be big. It's it's taking longer than we thought. But I think in 10 years, AI will have a massive say in medicine. Sure. I don't want to say because I know that they'll probably go for radiology first. Right. And so. Oh, they will completely. They will completely. But But... as things stand, as things stand, it will help us rather than rather than hamper us. In the long, long term, that will be different. But by the time that AI messes up radiology well it's going to mess up the whole of medicine for it to be that powerful to be able to completely report a scan it's going to be doing loads of other stuff yeah sure and then we'll have to like deal with the kind of eventual eradication of humankind by like the terminators and stuff isn't it skynet exactly and then there'll be cockroaches and shows. yeah <laughs> no central oh shows again yeah fair enough central doctor. do you think you would survive and be part of the resistance or do you reckon you'd be part of like the initial culling <laughs> I don't know if that's a serious question. Or the look on your face was really serious. It is. So I'm being serious. Like sometimes, being serious. sometimes I do wonder, like, if there was a zombie apocalypse and stuff, like, would I survive? And I kind of do. <laughs> do you not think about stuff like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, neither do I. No, no, no. Okay. Do you never ever think I about that? No, I don't oh, think about that. I do. I do, um, I do sometimes think about, um, like, Back to the Future type scenarios and, like, if I had to go back to a certain time, yeah. and then relive the rest of my life. <laughs> right. Like, how how would I go about it? Yeah. And like, without people realising that I know everything. <laughs> oh, you'd, like, try and... You'd try and... What would you do to the you from that time, though? Would you bump him off? Or would you tell him everything? Like, this? Oh, no, I, I am that... But I don't, I don't know how it works, but I am that person. Oh, that doesn't make any sense, though. Well, I've you'd sort go back of, in time fully but... and you'd implant yourself in that timeline. Yeah, you haven't. But you know, through. but you know, but you know, but you know everything. That's a terrible. That doesn't make any sense. You haven't thought this daydream through. What kind of? This is not a robust daydream. So, like, what you're going to go back in time, and then no, you're not even going to go back. You're going to send your consciousness back in time, and then what's going to yes, happen? Yes, that's it. You, you send you send your consciousness into that person. I know. I'm doing and that. The... Person now knows <sighs> everything that 
that you know. Yeah, I'm now. doing all the heavy lifting for you in this daydream. So like, <laughs> so what's going to happen? So your previous consciousness, though, that's interesting, though, because is your consciousness from it's, then? It's dead. 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 Oh, that's my gosh. Dead. That's dark, man. Yeah, it's dead. That's dark. It's gone. It's oh, wow. gone. But then think of all the things you could, but think of all the things you could do. Yeah, fair enough. What would you do first? Would you just invest in Apple or something? Oh no, who would you invest Probably, in? If you had to, you know, like, like, or like I don't know, McDonald's or I'd probably Max. just have a good nap or something. Yeah, an know. apple. Okay, no qualms. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So like, well, all right. I I guess I, I don't really ever do that. But I think if say if you're, I asked him around this, but say if you went in back in time physically, not just your conscious crazy idea but like if you were okay, like the classic time, way fine. yeah and you went and told yourself that and then you could go back to the future and then you could reap all the so you wouldn't have to do all the legwork and have to go through the awkward but you're just totally it. ripping off the movie at least i'm trying to be a bit different about it you're just completely ripping off the back to the future movie because, the, like, because there are you're there just are, gonna you're just gonna give the almanac to yourself and then that'll be it yeah i know but there is no such I mean, yeah, oh, what, like, in Carter Encyclopedia or something? But, like... In <laughs> Carter, <laughs> classic. <laughs> they had Weezer Buddy Holly on that, Mate, amazing, look, wasn't it? The reason why Back to the Future is so awesome is because, it, you know, that's, I like, it's a robust way of thinking. It makes sense, I think. Um, whereas this consciousness thing, I think, also ends up getting dark. Because, you know, I don't want to have to kill myself. I, I'd feel bad about it. I feel bad about killing anyone, especially myself. So, <clears throat> at least that's why I get to live. And also, you don't have to go through the... You know, the, the montage of you like, going into the betting shop, you don't have to deal with the montage. You just go back to the future and it's all done, and then you're rich. And you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did all that. That was old me. No, anyway. but anyway, I feel like this is going on too long, and I feel like <laughs> in the editing, this is most likely going to be cut. No, this is gold. <laughs> so... This is gold. <laughs> but anyway, because, I, well, the reason why I thought you were going to be on the same page as me with the zombie apocalypse thing, and then I was going to ask you as a radiologist if you felt that you had a special particular skill that would mean that you were more likely to survive seeing the zombie apocalypse. Like maybe you could use, you could weaponize the CT scanner or something, but yeah, maybe. I don't think you thought this through because I can report scans. I can survive a zombie apocalypse. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I can do a CT biopsy, so uh, I can survive. You know I mean with this? Okay, let's drag us back. Let's drag us back uh, on topic then. So here's a junior doctor thread. Junior Doctors UK from Reddit. So the the title is so it was posted by Quizzled two two two. Is it really so hard to just be friendly? Bit of a rant, but here goes. Start of new FY rotation. New consultant not met before. Turns up for ruled round. All prepped. Notes ready. Cow logged in. That just in case you don't know is a computer on wheels. And blood's loaded. Wow. Um, cool. I mean, the blood's loaded thing. I wonder if that's on some kind of. Um, program that will just like log you out if you have that logged in for a period of time so that seems stressful anyway some jobs even preemptively completed so this f1's on the top of their game consultant yeah they're, smashing it. yeah they're smashing it aren't they i'll be whereas i'd be like oh, i've lost the blood folder and the cow, <laughs> the cow doesn't have any battery and i don't have a pen and where are the notes today? Anyway, so consultant, are we ready for the ward round fi1 oh hi dr x i'm y a bit unimaginative in terms of uh, names given but anyway one of the new fy ones sho hi i'm zed one of the new shos consultant good i'm dr x shall we get going long tedious ward round commences without a hint without a hint of friendly chit chat for over two hours must be a medical ward round consultant pops back later in the day any issues no 
good and departs. Similar interaction with different consultants in the same department last week and fairly reflective of previous experiences elsewhere too. I'm sure after many years of junior doctors rotating every four months, consultants must get bored of learning new names, etc. But is it really so hard to ask which rotation we've come from, welcome us to the team, ask what our interests are? Simple things like feeling welcome and supported in the team make huge differences to morale and productivity at a time when this job is most important enough as it is. Can we not be friendly anymore? Any advice for those who've been through similar before? What do you think? You don't have to worry about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do because we do meet. You know, we we have new trainees all the time. And yeah. we've got to we've got to speak to them. Um, do you know I mean, what, it comes back to what I said before. Do you know all their that, names? Do you know all your trainees' names? Yeah, of course. Oh. We don't have that many. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, of course I do. Oh, okay. um, but it comes to that thing of of being consultant. How to be a good consultant is is ten to twenty percent clinical skills and eighty percent the rest of it. And actually just being a good person and being nice and engaging your team and making them, I mean, in no way is that consultant empowered that team to actually do better or perform better, have they? Like the the thing I liked about medicine, I told you this the other day, was that the thing I miss in radiology is that you had a team and you had a lot of sort of banter and camaraderie in that team. And that's what made medicine great. And when you don't have that, yeah, it is a bit miserable. I mean, this consultant's done nothing wrong. Yeah. But I mean, I'll bring up an example of how that episode is by far not terrible. I mean, I remember one of my first months in radiology and I had to, I was doing CT sessions for the first time. So it was my first week doing CT. So I was a bit nervous. Mm. And there was a consultant sitting there. And I had to join their list. And so I sit up beside them and they don't look at me. They don't say anything. And then, um, so I, at this point, you sort of feel a bit awkward and you sort of, sort of say, oh, I'm supposed to be <laughs> sitting with you. And uh, they just sort of grunt. Oh, and so you're like, okay. <laughs> and then um, randomly after about an hour, they just start talking to me and they ah. start saying, they start showing me a random MRI scan. And they start showing me like random things on it. And so just to sort of acknowledge what they're saying, I just sort of say, okay, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, okay. They turn around and they say, why are you saying yes for? And uh, I was just a, a bit taken aback and just sort of said, um, oh, I, I was just acknowledging what, what you were saying. And uh, they then said, well, look, if you don't know anything, don't say anything at all. Even the third years don't know this. And uh, at that point, it was really awkward yeah. for the next three hours oh, wow. because then I didn't know how to acknowledge what they were saying. Yes, yeah, so do, you, do you, you nod? I I nod, <laughs> but you... but not a big nod. Right, it had to be like a small a small nod. Yeah. I mean that's just completely toxic behaviour. I mean that is that is terrible. That yeah. is how you make someone feel intimidated and bullied, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. this kind of behaviour. I find particularly in London teaching hospitals in radiology mm. is a real problem. And it's probably one reason why I decided to leave London for my consultant job. Mm. Um, because, I've, you know, people have reached out to me on Twitter and told me about experiences they've had. And it's absolutely terrible. So, yeah, being a consultant, 80%, be nice. Just what? be nice so why to do your you, team. How do you think they get to behave? Like, why are they behaving like that? Why Is it because nobody... It's a vicious cycle. They... They, yeah, partly that, partly this is what they've seen. So this is what they know. So like there are some trainees that will see that and think, okay, that's what I'm going to do to my trainees. And I've seen that happen <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. And um, 
it's just yeah it's just terrible it's so weird isn't it can you imagine like uttering the words you you've not responded why are you saying yes you're not <laughs> what are you saying to- yes for <laughs> Like, I'm telling you the stuff that you're not supposed to know. You're supposed to be sat there dumbfounded, not making any noise. That's essentially what you're saying. You're saying that. What did she want? I don't know. I I don't know. Well, I mean, that was a power thing, wasn't it? But it's so funny that there was that period of time. It was almost like they were kind of mustering up the courage to say anything to you. And then they just came out with that kind of complete awkward horribleness. And it's like, oh, maybe it's just better. Like, that you were right to not say anything at the beginning, I think. It's just so, that's uh, that so bizarre. I just kind of wonder though, when, because we've all encountered people like that who are just so weird and like, just to kind of say what the, their behavior out loud, it just, it's, it's like completely preposterous to anyone you meet. So, but then these are probably normal people who have families and friends and whatever and don't behave like that to them. So I just kind of like wonder like how, when they, as soon as like at what point does it switch like when they get into the car in the morning does the car the cloud just slowly float over their head or is it when they kind of open the door to the office like right everyone I speak to now I'm going to treat like shit like how does it happen or there's like a switch I don't know I think it's I think it's a trainee thing I think it is you're completely oh, right I think it's the power thing yeah. I think it's if something is irritating them, they'll just take it out on them. It's, it's yeah. completely unfair. Yeah. Um, but then they weren't the only person. There, there were many people who did that. And I I saw many people. I mean, look, in general, I, I feel quite sad when Imran talks about the bad times he had during radiology training. I had an, I had an amazing time mm. in my five years. They, it was an absolutely amazing five years. And in general, most people were nice to me. There was the odd occasion something like that happened. It, it was mostly in that first year when people didn't know me. Mm. It shouldn't be like that, though. Yeah, definitely. You've come across people who are, like, stressed. Like, you know, if you found... I remember, like, once when I was in F1 calling the Medreg to see a patient. I remember, like, whilst I was talking to him, he was really curt, but his bleep had gone off, like, five times. And I remember once he just got so stressed, he kind of... He, he, he kind of, like, lifted his arm up like he was going to throw the bleep against the wall. And then he realised that that's a terrible thing to do. So then he just kind of <laughs> slid it. He slid it across the floor. So it slid across the room. And I just... What? Yeah, yeah. And I just, like, silently just walked up. I went and got it and then brought it back to him. Like, did he keep doing it? And did you keep fetching it? <laughs> How many times did you do it? But like I could tell that guy was going through some stuff, and so you get it right. That, that's the situation. But med, med reg is that job, exactly. though. Med reg is that job. Exactly. Right? It, will, it will. It will. It will take anyone. It's, down, yeah, right? fair enough. And I was the F one next to him, so he's being like curt to me, like whatever. Like you know, I was just adding another thing onto his part. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess there's also that side of it, that thing, trying to like empathise with these people. But I remember like there's this particular registrar when I was doing hepatobiliary uh, surgery, who was so horrible, who's so 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 horrible, who's such a bully. And I hope, like, wherever he is now, that, that he has, like, really awful hemorrhoids. And, like, wherever, whenever he takes his shoes off, there's Lego. I hope, I hope that happens. And, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but anyway. And I remember, like... What, you went for the bum first. I know. <laughs> the bum first, yeah. I, whenever he sits down, it's sore. Um, no, that's not nice. But a bit. And so, like, but and he was so horrible. And I remember, like, once someone's talking about, like, meeting him, his wife and family and his kids and being like, oh, wow, he has children. And I remember being like, how does he have children? Like, he must be, like, so horrible to them. And then, like, <laughs> in my head, because I just couldn't compute, like, that you could just be so horrible to, like, a subset of people and then just be nice to other people. It is that, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is that. It's amazing. They just do it to their juniors. Yeah. 
It's crazy, isn't it? Um, so kind of moving on, but it's in a similar theme. There was this other really good thread on Junior Doctors UK. I feel like I've like cussed it on Twitter. And so I, I actually do really enjoy kind of like browsing it. It's just every so often I come across something problematic. But if you ever say that... You've, you've always been a Reddit fan though, haven't you? Yeah, always, yeah I love you've Twitter. You've always been into Reddit. Yeah, before Twitter, I was on Reddit. So yeah, I've got a lot, of, a lot of good things to say about Reddit. And so this is another Reddit thread, and this is posted by Much Ado About M. And it was posted two days ago. And the title of the thread is Most Toxic Team Member Slash Boss You've Worked With. And it said, give me all your micromanaging, chaotic, backstabbing stories. Just a couple of examples from my own experiences. And some of these are good examples. So, um, But a particularly common one is number two. So a consultant who promises the world of ACATs. It's funny how that seem, is made to seem like a massive thing when actually it's like <laughs> you literally click on a link. And then an ACAT, how long does that take to fill in really? Like sometimes in the description, I'll put in all the patients and stuff that I've seen. So you've literally just got to copy that in. So probably what takes 30 seconds to do. But anyway, um, this person never fills them in and doesn't respond to chasing emails and messages. And this other one, worked in the same office as registrar, would email me requests of things to do rather than speak to me directly. What did you think about that consultant who didn't fill out the stuff? Is that toxic? Is that really, really bad? Because now I feel really bad about any time I might have missed missed a request. (laughs) My Mr. Toxic. I think, well, I mean, that person's got a pattern of behavior, isn't it? And I guess if you started to get, like, if it's coming up towards the end, like, changeover, or if you're starting to get emails pestering you about it, I imagine you'd probably do it then, wouldn't you? Probably. No? I think so. <laughs> I get a lot <laughs> of requests. Indeed. I get so many. Uh, what, I say, what I say is, look, to do it, we've got to sit down and do it together because I, it's ne- there, was, there will always be about 20 things I need to do. Yeah. And so it will be low on the list. So to do it, we've got to, when you're with me, let's do it. Okay. And I will make the time. I will, I will specifically make the time we'll do it. Okay. But um, w- when I get texts about it, oh. that's when I will definitely do it. I see. So they need to, so just, just for tips out there for like medical students and junior doctors, that's how you do it. You WhatsApp them. When I get the WhatsApp, then you're like, then oh, I God. think this person really, this person really needs. I mean, this- <laughs> <laughs> I should probably do it. Yeah, they're coming to me at my own. I'm in my home, and you know, <laughs> they're reaching out there. Oh, what else? Where where does the line? You know, the, the, these guys are crazy. Like, where will it stop? They'll turn up at my front door. Yeah, I see what you mean. There's there's some ones which are like so a psychiatry reg who when he did his weekly patient reviews asked, "Are you eating, drinking, sleeping, having any thoughts of hurting yourself or others in one breath?" and would dismiss patients if they answered correctly or try to convince them to change their answers <laughs> if they didn't. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's, That's awful, really isn't it? That's so awful. You can see why this is anonymous. That's horrendous. Um, and then there's this other one. I've actually met a person like this. So I had a female consultant who simply wouldn't talk to women juniors, except when she wanted to call me a stupid little girl. The reg who made someone hold Ooh. his pen for him. I never to this day understand why he couldn't keep hold of it or put it in his pocket slash shove it up his ass. <laughs> this is an amazing thread. I really recommend people check it out. I mean, it just highlights that it's rife, isn't it? It's rife it's in any specialty. I mean, I talked about the radiology examples I've been through. I don't know if you you must have encountered stuff in cardiology, yeah. I'm guessing. Um, but it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? Mm. And as I say, it's a vicious cycle. People see that behaviour and they think it's the way to go. I think some of it is, as you say, as you alluded to with the med reg, some of it is stress management, isn't it? Yeah. It's knowing how to deal with that stress and not take it out. Like, it's when I get lots of requests 
and I'm really busy trying to get through a reporting session, like the difference in my behavior, I'm sure you have the same when you do like an on-call, the difference in my behavior on the phone from that first phone call in the morning to <coughs> the last one, like six hours later is completely different. Mm. And it's, that's just human nature. But then it's, it's just, there's a line, isn't there? There's a line to that you just do not cross. Yeah, definitely. Check that out if you really want to get depressed. It's a great thread for that. Um, moving on. So there, well, actually another slightly depressing thread because this person's got loads and loads of followers. So this is Dr. Tech Kong. And um, the picture of this person, I mean, he's kind of, he looks kind of older. He's wearing a terrible tie and he's got a poppy on. And um, I've got to admit, like, it looked a little bit unrealistic because it says GP, ex-police surgeon. And he's tweeting about kind of doing an A&E shift. And I was like, oh, do I believe all this stuff? But he was basically... It looks fake, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks fake. it does. So I GMC'd it, just to check. And this person... If you kind of do it to guess his age, this person is on the register. So I don't know if but, um, lots of tweets that have been rather problematic. But this particular one I've highlighted is from the 13th of April. And it says another horrible A&E shift last night with patients turning up as GPs shirk and avoid seeing patients or not exercising acumen. Oh, my God. And A&E manager who once ran a GP practice agreed how incentives have corrupted GPs. People with delayed onset adverse events followed jabs are part of a sick lottery. If it can't be proved, it's dismissed as coincidence. All that can be done for them is diligent monitoring advice and treat as appropriate. My earnest plea, my earnest plea is to the public to be cautious. This has got 2,861 likes. The weird thing about this, it's like it's a Twitter thread, but it's two completely different. It's like he's trying to hit all the headlines, isn't he? Yeah. Like all the controversial topics. Yeah. In what like this guy's obviously going for likes and popularity. Yeah. So then the question is, does he actually believe this stuff, or is he just putting it out there to be to be liked and followed? I think there's probably I mean this person's got thirty five thousand followers. And it also mentions it's a, a party, Alliance for Democracy and Freedom. It sounds some it sounds some weird. It has some dubious connotations i think I mean, so it's, there's a massive flag on his yeah. it's a literal red flag isn't it the union jackets it's, it's yeah. uh it's 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 a shame it's got that way but yeah you see a flag and you you get a bit sad don't you yeah i mean i don't know i don't know about you but for my mental health i just don't like to look at stuff like this yeah, i think okay. you've just got to acknowledge that tech kong etc will always exist and you can't stop stop tech kong yeah. he will he will just <laughs> keep tech konging <laughs> It's from the East Midlands. That's where you're, that's your end, isn't it? Are you trying to put? Are you trying to tar me with the same brush? <laughs> yeah, as tech well, yeah, I am. Are you? Are you a social justice fighter? Is that something? Is that what they're called? I don't even know. Yeah, but only on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, well, let's move to something a bit more. Well, it's actually also kind of depressing, but um, I won't keep talking about depressing things. We'll find something positive to end with. But um, the guy, I, I kind of mentioned him last week, and I'm going to mention him again just because you know his. Um, Sahil Bloom. You love this guy, don't you? Yeah, I think he's really cool. But this interesting, <laughs> it makes me think. He gives me pause. So this tweet was from the 10th of April, and it says, Harsh truth, you'll only see your loved ones a few more times. In May 2021, I had a conversation with a friend that changed my life. I was talking about living in California, so far away from my parents in Boston, when my friend asked how often I saw them and how old they were. I said I saw them about once a year and that they were in their mid-60s. And he said, okay, so you'll see them 15 more times in your life. Wait a second, once per year, 15 years. So he's assuming that they're going to die at the age of 75. Hmm. Gut punch. It sounds insensitive, but it's just real. Our time is finite, and we fail to recognise it until it's too late. I do think there is a point to that. 
I mean, I probably see my parents probably once a, once a month. Probably, it definitely was more pre-COVID. Once a month, probably once every six weeks. Do you follow this guy? I don't, but oh, I think I might do because of your passion for I him. Am, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this this tweet's a bit of a morbid one. I don't know. Um, people probably are tuning in to get a bit of uh, yeah. light-hearted oh, on their Twitter banter. I keep bringing them down. We're just going to tell them. We're just going to tell them your family are going to die. Yeah, so, uh... it's a bit of a downer, isn't it? Mate, you should have... We should have... <laughs> it is true, though. It is true. <laughs> yeah, we are going to die. I was trying to explain that to Lily the other day, and she was like, so are we going to die? Is the world, like, going to explode? And I said, no, the world probably isn't going to explode first, but the sun will go out, and then the plants will die, and because the animal... <laughs> and then we'll die because we won't have any food. And she said, oh, when will that be? And I said, well, it won't be us. We'll be long dead by then, by, that, by the time that happens. We'll die of old age. And she's like, right. And I was like, so good night. <laughs> I went out. Okay, I feel better now. It's not It's not just Med Twitter you're trying to uh, spread your misery to. Yeah, it's, it's also your day. own flesh and blood. I did, like, as I had my hand on the light switch, I then thought to myself, that's probably not the best thing to end on. I went back and I kind of talked about something else. I can't remember what I talked about. <laughs> God, I can't remember now, but I did go back and decided to talk about some okay. other things because I don't want to have to have nightmares. But um, I kind of thought, though... Did you talk about other things that were going to die? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why it always just comes back to our mortality, but it does. Um, but I find <laughs> <laughs> I find that um, I want to be as honest as I can with her. And even today, she was talking about how she said, oh, um, I'm drawing a p- picture of the Easter Bunny and I'm doing it from memory because this one time I saw it in our garden. And that's a bit like thinking to myself do I want to because this that's not, that's not true is it that's not true and I wanted to be like <laughs> that's not true but then I thought oh no let her have her imagination that's nice you know because she she does she does have like a wonderful imagination but then I'm like I don't know what do you think should I be because me and Joe had this conversation about the whole Santa thing and the, this kind of like um, are you going to do? Are you going to? Are you doing Santa? Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's too young to quash the imagination. Yeah. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I, I think you just let that happen. You let that happen naturally over time. But don't you? The thing is, you put so much effort into it, right? Well, I mean, we have been, you know, with the kind of um, with the cookies out, and we do the little kind of footprints yeah, yeah. and the key in the door, so he can get in because we don't have a chim. The chimney's blocked up, and all this kind of stuff, and it's a bit exhausting because she asks like all kinds of questions about it. And I'm like, oh God, we're just lying to her. We're just like making up stuff, <laughs> you know. Like when you go and meet Santa, oh yeah, that is Santa, but they're all Santa, and the Santas everywhere. And the Santa on TV looks a bit different to that other Santa because. I don't know. I don't even know what to say to that one. I think she'll. She sounds like an inquisitive kid. Yeah. I think she will work it out. She will work it out. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you need to have the conversation. No, but the problem is then is going to be like, and then she'll be like, so Santa doesn't exist. And then the next question will be like, then what the hell? What the hell was all that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was all that? We put big cookies. Was that real? And you'd be like, no, that was a lie. Yeah, we lied to you for all that time. The cookies weren't real. The cookies were, no, I ate those. <laughs> yeah, they went to a good home. And, you know, but I don't know. So, like, me and Joe were like, oh, maybe we should say that, um, oh, it was a story. And we just thought it'd be interesting for you to kind of take Yeah, up. that's nice. I think that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, but it <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that with Erin. I think we're just going to start with, it was a story, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is mate. a story for you. Yeah, mate. And we're all going to die. <laughs> 
I just feel, yeah, I just feel this stage. You're just telling your daughter, you just, you're, you're dying to tell her, aren't you? There's no Santa. Is what I'm getting from this conversation. Yeah, I'm not using You're that dying too. to tell her we're all gonna die. Yeah. You're dying to tell Med Twitter the whole family's gonna die, and you want to tell your daughter Santa doesn't exist. Yeah, why is so, it? Um, why am I like that? Why am I obsessed with? I don't know. Anyway, okay, well, let's end on something a bit more positive, um, because we're we're coming up to time. So, um, there, I was tweeted today being called out because I've never seen Mean Girls. Have you seen Mean Girls? I think at the time, I think at the time it was it was a thing, wasn't it? It was. Wait like, a second, now was, is this is a yes or no question? Have you seen Mean Girls? What I, I have seen. You it, have. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel ashamed? I do a little bit. Yeah. yeah why? You, you try to make yourself look really cool, saying I've not seen Mean Girls. I'm, really <laughs> cool. So cool. I'm being I'm being slayed, mate, for not seeing it, and it makes me feel. Oh really? Yeah, it does. But uh, I mean, like, I think it was uh, it was an important film of the time. And uh, I think everyone must see it at least once. Do you think? Do you think it's dated? I mean, I kind of put it into the, I don't know, she's all that. I don't know. This is it. I, I've not seen it since it was around, so I can't really remember it. Right. But right. I remember it being a thing. So it doesn't sound like it was that good. I don't really see why people are getting so hot up about it, basically. That's kind of what I'm about. I, I think it's one of those cult things that people just like to hang their hat on. And like, yeah. it's it's not actually good, but let's pretend it's a bit good yeah. and hang on to it. There are all these kind of like quotes and stuff that people like throwing in with gifts and things. And I, I do feel that I'm missing out in that way because I don't really understand them. Apart from the get and loser one. That makes, <laughs> that makes I think you just need to suck it up and watch you it, don't so. you? But it looks so old. I know. think so. But as you say, I think movies from that era now seem a bit dated. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, so, you know, the new Dune came out and so I thought I'd be all kind of like pretentious and read the books first before the Dune movie came out which I did and I thought well what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch the old movie first and be like oh yeah because then you can be that kind of person who's, a, who's like I read the book and the book's way better than the film oh yeah, the I original film yeah I'm that person but I tried to watch the original film and I was like wow this is wacky this is way wackier than it seemed <laughs> in the books I haven't seen the new have you seen the new one no I've not done any of that I'm I'm that uncool that you know I, be- I barely know what it is oh, fair enough anyway <laughs> I'm so glad I got you on. When's everyone coming back anyway? What time is it? No, no, no. It's, um, the time's gone. No, but I wanna, I wanna, are we, are we finishing up? I mean, I wanna, I wanna say thank you for having me on. And I wanna say that I'm, I'm very proud of both of you actually, oh. that you've, you've got this far with the podcast and like, Sometimes people say, "Oh yeah, have you have you heard of that podcast?" No way. Like, Do you know that guy Imran? And like, I'm like, "Yeah, I know those guys." <laughs> so, uh, so thanks yeah. to you guys for for letting me look cool yeah. and say, "Yeah." Oh yeah, that's well. No, it's been a lot. I mean, the time flew by, which is a good sign. And uh, we were worried about getting through the topics, but we did. Um, thank you so much for stepping in. You uh, you're awesome. Um, oh, and I've got to plug the sponsors. Although I think Imran will probably add a bit at the end. Um, for the okay. but um, do you want to end with any kind of final thoughts you know any pearls of wisdom yeah don't be a dick don't be a dick yeah fair enough it's funny that it needs to be said but it does doesn't it okay alright well it does it does yeah well uh, thank you guys um, out there for listening um, oh what does Imran say he says um, try not to get in any trouble and let's not get cancelled and I think those, those are the things he says, isn't it? Whereas I kind of like... You've done a great job, man. You've done a great job with the segues and trying to be smooth. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, take care of your...